0: honey bear. You're listening to the Honey Bear Files. My name is Mariah, but my sons call me Honey Bear. I wanted to record some life lessons and advice for them before I forgot, because I have a bad case of mom brain. My kids are one in three, so these lessons are for their future selves. Hi guys, it's Mama. Adult content has been included. Hello, my babies. Um, it's been many months that have passed since my last cast to you guys, but, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to continue on with our time capsule to kind of share with you what's going on in the world right now. Just a little bit though. Uh, crazy stuff in politics. Side note, something I never thought I'd care about until now, well, probably a, about 10 years. It's been about 10 years. But the most recent heartbreaking thing that's going on currently in our current events has to do with how our president is handling illegal immigrants who are crossing our borders, uh, specifically the southern borders, not necessarily Canada. Um, but the president is wanting to discourage people from crossing over illegally, he says. Um, And the way that he is trying to deter those people is by separating children from their parents when they cross. So besides that just being an inhumane action, separating families, using children as a tactic, um, more problems have arisen out of this because families aren't being tracked with a system to reunite them. So as a result, there's hundreds of kids being kept in these centers, I'm gonna call them detention centers because they're not hotels, but they're being kept in these centers. um, And these centers are located around the United States. And no one has a way to know exactly where their parents are and their parents don't know where they are and they're not properly being tracked. And so some parents have actually been deported out of the country without your their kids. I don't know if you can imagine this, but like say something crazy happened in Sacramento where we live. And I picked you and you guys up and we just took off for, let's make it a little bit easier to digest. We just took off to Canada, right? We're going to Canada and we just are hightailing it because we are trying to seek refuge from something and we don't have time And I don't know how to properly go through the right channels to get you out of the country. But I know that I need to. So I'm taking you out. I'm doing what I think is best for our family. And when we get to Canada, not only do we get detained by border control, but they take you away from me. And they don't track you properly and they send you some random city, French speaking city in Canada. And then they deport me back to the United States and I don't have any way to know where you are and you don't know where you are and you don't know where I am. And no one knows that you're related to me. How am I supposed to get you back? You guys, we're talking about babies and toddlers and older kids, all kids. Um, I know for me, I couldn't even live my life anymore. Everything would be all about just trying to get you guys back to me And um, I just know that there's some abuse happening of these little kiddos that's happening that we're just not hearing about. But I know that we will, which is sad. It's awful. Uh, Do I have an answer to this? No, (laughs) I'm I don't. Um, But I do think that a good baby step is to vocalize my opinion and not to keep it to myself. Um, I've donated some money to attorneys who are helping parents who are detained uh, get their kids back. I'm also a proud member of the ACLU. I think it's a good start. I have you guys. I can parent you um, and, and teach you that it's okay to speak up for those you feel are being treated unjustly. Um, maybe you want to get involved in the system to change how our government does stuff. I mean, we all have our calling and passions for thing. It's not my calling or passion, at least not right now. Uh, my passion is for you guys and your dad. I love him. Okay, now on to fun stuff. Jack, I love you so much. Um, it was your birthday in March. You're four now. Uh, you had a rad slime party and your, your dad, um, you know, he doesn't really bake very often, but he always likes to bake your cake. And so, um, you know, you, this is the fourth birthday. This is third birthday cake for you. He asked you what you wanted for your birthday. What kind of cake you wanted? You wanted a slime cake. And he kind of was like, how am I going to make a slime cake? The idea of slime is that it's not a cake. Um, But he did it. It was a blue cake with vanilla frosting. Um, But when he made the frosting, it was like some gelatin-based frosting that actually looked like blue slime. And he added glitter to it. And he poured it, like edible glitter, clearly. And then he poured it all over the top of the cake. It looked like your cake had gotten slimed, and you absolutely loved it. You wanted a slime cake. Your dad figured out how to give you your slime cake. He's amazing. Uh, Jack, you love bugs, frogs, spiders, worms, slugs, snails. Um, You really and literally love them to death. We have had to work on having a time frame for when you can play with creatures and when it's time to let them go. Uh, The great news is that you actually like to catch flies that are in our house and you catch them with your hands very tenderly and then you put them outside so you don't kill them. Your dad killed a fly. You almost lost your crap. No, you did. You, You were very sad. You don't do that. Don't you do that again! It was (laughs) the saddest, most precious thing I've ever seen. Um, Because you just have such a good heart. You catch spiders, too. You put those outside, too. So, right now, currently, there's no bugs in my house. Thank you, Jack. I love you for that. Uh, You finished your first year of preschool. Oh, my gosh, Jack. I mean, you had a rad year at preschool. It was fantastic. You made some friends. You had a good time. Like, you progressed. All the things. But... You had a bully the last couple weeks, and I was a mess about it. I mean, listen, you're the kid who likes to play alone looking for lizards and slugs, but you also like to play with kids. Like, you have kids you like to play with. You're not shy. You like having a good time. Uh, You just are comfortable with yourself. You enjoy doing your thing, and sometimes you enjoy playing with other kids, and sometimes you like adventuring alone. Um, But, man, this one kid... I don't know if it's because you didn't really want to play with him. I don't know what happened, but he lasered in on you. He would not stop helicoptering around you. And then when you were like not interested, he got mean. And um, unbeknownst to me, the teachers actually talked to his mom And I found this out later that she wasn't really nice about it and she really wasn't taking it seriously either. And she even had the guts to confront me to say that, you know, our boys are bullying each other. Um, she clearly hadn't seen what was actually going on, but the good news for you, I got you into a new class this year, so you won't have to worry about that turd face too much. He's a cute kid. He's a sweet kid, but man, he just had it out for you. So, um, I mean, kids at preschool, they're kind of dicks to each other in general, but me personally, I have my limits. Uh, You have a special heart and I know eventually you'll have your heart broken in this life. But if I can buffer you just a little bit longer so that your mind can understand and grow a little bit more before that happens, I'll be happy with that. I mean, here's the deal, baby. Heartbreak is what grows us up. It illuminates us to certain truths about people and the world around us. But for God's sake, you're four years old and you don't need preventable shit in your life if it's possible that I can keep you from it for right now. I don't care who judges me for that. I'm your mom. You're not ready. Your time will come. Archer, you goofball. (laughs) You. Oh, my God. You've been really hard this week, but you are a walking tornado of fun. You are a mama's boy, but you are also the daredevil of the family. You're not a chatterbox, but you do sing to yourself. Uh, You can say some stuff, starting to say some words when I ask you uh, like mama, dada, you said banana the other day and you're like, banana, you really, you have a phonic way of learning words and it's precious. You can say pop, pop, you can say Jack, you can say Oma, but you say it more like, Oh, ma. it's actually pretty cute. Um, you like a good snuggle, but man, you also like to be tossed onto the couch, like a rag doll. You really need more teeth to grow in your mouth, which is a problem right now because you haven't been sleeping well. Like your mouth is aching all the time. Archer, you love doing whatever your brother's doing, which absolutely drives him crazy. Uh, you do a really good job of getting on his nerves, and yet, if you're not around, he's very concerned. He loves to wrestle with you, he loves to make you laugh and he also likes to sit on you until you cry. So, I'd say all in all you're best friends and normal brothers. Am I right? But yeah, you sure do like me an awful lot right now, which I will always be okay with. But you're just so darn physical kid like you like you want to hug and you'll pat me on the back and it's precious, but then you'll like want to use my body as a gymnasium. Like you're just a little monkey and like I have bruises literally all over my legs right now. My wrist is all jacked up. You're just, you're a physical guy, but I love you so much. What does Jack always say? He goes, he's crazy, but we still love you. <laughs> we still love you, bud. Um, okay. We went camping twice this summer. We went with Uncle Leon, and Ira to Sly Park, and then we went camping at Lake Siskiyou and Mount Shasta, which I'm so glad that we did. There's a really terrible fire happening in Redding right now. Um, ugh. California's rough right now. Fires, fires. Uh, this week, we're headed to Grandpa by the Beach, and we're going to go to Laguna Beach, and we're even going to stop by Pismo Beach to play. There's supposed to be a nature preserve there, Jack, and you're all about bugs, and Archer, you'll do anything, so (laughs) it'll be fun. I was hoping to take you guys to Yosemite this summer, too, but there's some serious fires that are happening in the valley right now. My gut's telling me to hold tight before making any plans. You guys love to camp, and I hope to help both of you learn how to camp on your own so that one day you want to adventure on your own, like after high school, uh, Technology is advancing so rapidly, I really want you guys to know how to live off the grid as well as living on it. Like, living with technology uh, is cool, but living without technology is going to be a learned skill for you guys, and I'm sure for your own kids. So I'm trying to be a family that forever teaches our tribe how to do this. I'm not really good at it myself, so I'm teaching myself. Um, Another reason that I haven't been posting in a while here was because... um, I lost one of my best friends, Chelsea, uh, to cancer. She died suddenly, even though she had cancer for many years. Uh, your Auntie Sarah and your Auntie Chelsea have been my continual support system for decades, since I was like 13 or 14. I mean, Jack. <sighs> Speaking of heartbreak, when you lose someone that is so embedded in your heart, it's life-altering. The pain, it's um—it's severe, and it lingers and lingers and lingers. There's uh, so many things in my life that point to my friendship with her that remind me of how special and beautiful she was. Um, I honestly have never in my life, nor will I again, meet anyone as sweet or honest or caring or kind or faithful to God like my Chell. Uh, so when I'm reminded of her, which is like every single day, I'm okay with the pain. Uh, For example, I have a tattoo, as you guys know, on my big toe. It looks like a prison tattoo. Tattoos have come a long way, you guys. (laughs) Um, But not at that time. Uh, She had a matching tattoo on her foot, too, on her toe. Mine's supposed to look like a green vine with a cute little red and yellow flower, uh, it was a tribute to one of my favorite allegory books called Hine's Feet in High Places but hers was a sunflower and it actually looked good um but it was to cover up this ugly homemade tattoo she tried to give herself of a crescent moon and a star but it just looked like she had gangrene on her toe so <laughs> we agreed it was good to cover it up um toe twins and when she was diagnosed with cancer, um, Sarah and I went to visit her for a weekend and we went shopping and we ended up in Sephora and Chelsea couldn't wear makeup, um, because the side effects of cancer and the treatments, um, were just giving her issues, but she picked out this perfume for me. It's called Poppy. And, um, you guys, I, I haven't worn another scent since, um, she and Sarah and your dad, and some other people when they're in their 20s, went to Russia once to serve at an orphanage there. They went, it was the eastern port. it was a part, your dad could tell you, it's an eastern part of Russia near China. Um, but, anyways, she and I have matching nesting dolls from that time, which is one of the many gifts your dad got me from Russia before we were married. Telsa uh, and I, when we were young, <laughs> Young ones, um, we traveled with a group of people to South Africa in a rural area called Transkai, and we worked with some kiddos from the Nkosa people, and she just loved kids. We explored the Indian Ocean together, me and Chel. When Chelsa was a teenager, and I know I'm kind of like skipping around her timeline here, but I don't care. It's my story she went to go see Billy Graham speak when she was a teenager and I was at that same um, thing, but I was with my family, with my mom, your Oma. Um, But she was there. You should Google that guy, Billy Graham. Well, she totally felt God's love for her when she heard him speak and she decided to follow Jesus and follow God all the days of her life. When she decided to follow Jesus when she decided to follow God. Um, God amplified this amazing sweetness in her that she already had and it inspired me and it challenged me in so many ways. until she got married right out of college to this piece of crap. Um, he was a musician he seemed nice enough. His band would play shows she loved going and connecting with the young people that came. I mean she just had a knack for making friends with anyone anywhere anytime. Um, not only was she beautiful, but she had like this gentle welcoming about her that made people felt, feel safe, like straight away. That dumb, dumb turd face left Chelsea because he wanted to not be married anymore. Um, she really didn't do anything, but love that guy, but he really wanted to be Peter Pan. So Jack and Archer take note here. I need you to take care of the hearts of those people who love you. If you date someone and you know that they like you more than you like them, can you please be sure to address that? Don't break someone's heart by leading them to think that your love matches theirs. And don't manipulate someone to get something that you want simply because you know you can. When someone loves you, you have the power to crush them. And when someone gives you their heart, you need to honor and respect that heart. It took Chell a couple years to get that divorce finalized because dum-dum was a dum-dum. Yet, uh, through it all, that girl trusted God. And it seems like right away after that, but my memory is really fuzzy, she called me up, and I remember I was in the kitchen uh, of the house I was living in in Salt Lake City, and she told me ever so hesitantly that she had met someone new. And she tells me he's really handsome, he's super funny, he's really kind and smart, and she tells me, Um, That he's the good kind of nerdy. And she says that he's the right kind of cheesy. And she says that he loves Jesus. And then she says, as only Chelsea could say, I think I kind of love him. Is that crazy? I said, maybe, but so what? Well, she married that one. And that's Matt. Oh, Matt. The husband of husbands. Seriously, my children... This man is what little girls pray that they find one day. He is really handsome and he is really kind and he does love Jesus. And he really is a total cheese ball. And he really, really loved our Chelsea. Like he loved Chelsea. And they got married and it was magical. And there were a few things that were going on at that time, too. She was in the process of earning her master's degree in marriage and family counseling. But, like, partway through, she felt like God was asking her to take a break in school, and she couldn't really put her finger on why. But in Chelsea fashion, she listened. She obeyed. And she was also getting some allergy testing done because she was having some reactions to food. That was strange. And then there was the wedding, the tests, the honeymoon, the return to life, and then the news she went to a naturopath to seek alternative treatment for some the allergies that her doctors really had no answers for and they ran some blood work and that's when they found the cancer multiple myeloma and they gave her 10 years Chelsea stayed faithful to God through it all and um and Matt took such sweet care of her Chell. it was incredible Chelsea and Matt made it Jack to your baby shower And she looked stunning, as per always. Um, Chelsea had pneumonia, Archer, at your shower, so she couldn't come. But she did come and visit last Memorial Day to meet you guys and spend time with you. Um, This Memorial Day, she stroked out and died. And then it was like a flash in the pan. She was here, and then she's just not here. So she made it seven or eight years. You guys, I have just a lot of amazing stories about this woman because she was my best friend. Um, she's the kind of friend you can be 100% yourself, 100% of the time and still be loved. She was a sister to me. And her understanding of God, her taste in clothing, her taste in music, the books she read, the, do- the jokes she thought were funny. You guys, she was a perfect match for me as a sister. And... The thing was, she was just so much nicer than me, and she was kinder than me, and she was braver than me. And she knew the layers of me that only a few folks know. It's a type of friendship that can only happen over the decades. When she died, it was sudden. I mean, seriously, she never looked sick to me, even when she was sick. I mean, she was just that beautiful of a woman. And each woman in her tribe really played different roles. I mean, Sarah, my Sarah, she always wanted all the medical tidbits. She wanted to know everything, which is so typical, Sarah. (laughs) She's so sweet. Every bump, every scratch, every discomfort. Me, I wanted to talk about whatever Chelsea wanted, which was some of that. But oftentimes she just wanted to hear me talk about some funny story. Um, She had other women too, many. Her support... It was enormous, strong. And it was just like her to make it about me. And, of course, it was just like me to make it about me, too. But this is how suddenly it caught Sarah and I off. Sarah just made plans to stay with Chell for Memorial Day weekend and a few days beyond. And your dad and I were choosing a week in July to go up there and crash. We wanted to camp our family up from Seattle to Sacramento. Um... Two days before she died, she texted Sarah and I, uh, can we have a girl's trip already? I miss you. <laughs> and that was it. Maybe there's some heartbreak you can prevent. And then there's the kind that's out of your control. Heartbreak alters your life and it illuminates life. And it gives you new perspective. Her death really, it completely changed the season of my life into something else. There's a... I'm in a new chapter. I'm not the same. I can't even tell you why. I don't know. Um, maybe it's because certain people bring out a certain side of you that's unique just to them. And I don't have that someone to call that out in me anymore. I don't know. I'm broken. I'm so sad.) <laughs> You guys, it's hard to explain or describe to you a person that was so special because there isn't anyone to compare her to. She was just that kind of person. So I'm still trying to understand what this era of life is now that she's gone. There is some good stuff. There's more than just a whole bunch of people missing the most lovable woman ever. Um, For me, my response time to stuff is faster in my gut response. There were a couple times I felt like I should go see Chell and I second guessed myself and I regret it. Now I err on the side of messing up or looking stupid. If, If I feel like someone needs a reach, I reach. Um, but if I'm also, if I'm helping somebody or helping some thing and suddenly I feel like I shouldn't be like that opportunity isn't mine, I back away fast. Um, if Jack needs me to lay down with him until he falls asleep, fuck yes, I'm all in. Archer, you want to read another book? Cool. Let's do it. More yeses, less no's. Um, Chelsea's family invited me into some very sacred moments on the weekend of her funeral. They're too sacred for here. But do ask me if for some freaky reason I'm not around, like if something happens to me, talk to dad about that weekend because um, it really was the epitome of sacred and I got the opportunity to share something at her service, uh, which, by the way, was heart wrenching but insanely special. So I wanted to just read what I said to you guys about her. Um, it starts off really quirky. <laughs> I have it here. Paper is rustling. Um, it's a little quirky because Chelsea was quirky. And funny. Uh, Matt was just like, can you tell some dirty jokes at the funeral? I was like, you know what? Sure. But I switched it up. We're, we're going to tell some cat jokes. So that's what I did. A sip of coffee. Okay. So before I read this, um, what you need to know is that Chelsea has a niece and a nephew named Ford and Quincy. Quincy's like seven or eight. Ford is like four or five. I'm going to go with five and eight. Anyways, um, and your dad and I, I, I don't know why. It's just us. But we always gravitate towards kids when we're at an event. Um, just because oftentimes they're just more fun. Or people are, especially on a funeral. Anyways, your dad runs into Ford, who's the little boy. He's like five, four or five. And he hits it off with this kid. I think it was because he was homesick for you guys, but they had this kindred connection, him and this little kid. And, um, and I was thinking, I'm like, we're at this funeral and Jarrett's talking to the little kid right now. It's Chelsea's nephew. It's fine, but whatevs, (laughs) but they actually had this amazing connection and I'm so glad that they did. I, I believe it's God now. So this is how it started for Chelsea. What is it called when a cat wins a dog show? A catastrophe. Okay, at this point in the service, I'm thinking, oh my God, either like these cat jokes that I'm telling at a funeral are going to like flop so hard. And I'm just going to be looking at a bunch of crying people who are like, what the hell are you doing? But instead what happened was Ford started laughing and we were like in this old like chapel like it must have been like an episcopal church or something or maybe a lutheran church that had like died off and was purchased by this new like non-denominational whatever church protestant church um and so it's like covered with stained glass and it has like even like a balcony where like people um used to be in a choir and it was a beautiful place so when Ford starts laughing about this stupid cat joke it was the whole chapel erupt like he hear, heard his laughter echoing in the whole building and then Quincy starts laughing Quincy Quincy little cue Quincy starts laughing and then everybody starts laughing and Matt starts laughing and so I'm like okay we can do this what do you call a pile of kittens? A mountain? Why are cats so good at video games? Because they have nine lives. What did the cat on the smartphone say? Can you hear me meow? Why did the cat wear a dress? Because she was a feline fun. And everybody laughed. Just so you know. You can think I'm a dork. But it was awesome. Anyways, here we go. My name is Mariah. Chelsea was a sister to me and one of my oldest and dearest friends, and I don't doubt that she was also a sister to you too. Being asked to share a scripture and some encouragement today to honor our sister is so humbling and so exciting. Any chance I get a chance to brag on my girl is an opportunity I will take because As we can all testify, Chelsea is the best of the best. And coming in at close second and could have easily taken first as if if it wasn't for her constant need for a hairstylist was her one and only Roberta, Chelsea's cat. Roberta can be very demanding. But finally, Matt, we love you, brother. Let us pray before I read a portion of scripture. Oh, God, thank you for being with us in the midst of our brokenness. Holy Spirit, comfort us. Jesus, hold our sister tight. God, minister to our hearts as we choose to trust you once again. Amen. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. The crowd of witnesses in this passage refers to people who have died and are now cheering for us. I imagine a stadium with giant football field uh, with seats that are filled with cheering fans and a few hecklers. Now these witnesses, those who have run the race of life ahead of us, crossed over the finish line and are surrounding us, watching, cheering, encouraging, I think of giants like Martin Luther King Jr. or C.S. Lewis or Tolkien, even Mother Teresa. They're among the crowd. And let us be encouraged because our Chelsea has joined the ranks of these. She is among that crowd. Earlier this year, she was telling me that she felt like cancer was trying to steal her purpose from her and that she was in a fight to live out that purpose. And I asked her, well well, what is your purpose in life? And without pause, she said, to bring joy and encouragement to every single person I come into contact with. Chelsea, what love that speaks of. And oh my God, how she ran her race faithfully, always being about others instead of herself. When she felt her worst, she loved others. And when she called her friends, she wanted to know how they were doing. She once said that she felt like a celebrity because she literally knew everyone at all the places she frequented. She knew details about all of their lives because she asked and authentically cared to know. We can all testify to that. She still brings joy and encouragement to us. She is alive in heaven, but heaven isn't just up in space or in some uber-galactical, incomprehensible dimension in the sky. God is actively at work on earth, in our hearts, in our families, in our society. And there is a cloud of witnesses who are continuing to encourage us forward. Chelsea is encouraging us forward. Chelsea's legacy is joy and encouragement. And I want to take this a step further and share a snip from a book called The Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen. In it, it talks about the greatest ministry being that of hospitality. It's in the ministry of creating a space where people feel fully comfortable and they feel safe enough to be completely themselves. In this environment, healing happens. Jesus, he's our suffering servant. He is our example of a wounded healer. He works on himself, he cares for himself, so that he can always be prepared to care for someone else when the need arises. Here's what the book says. I've strung a few ideas together. Making one's own wounds a source of healing, therefore, Does not call for sharing a superficial personal pain, but for a constant willingness to see one's own pain and suffering as rising from the depth of the human condition which all men share. Hospitality is the virtue which allows us to break through the narrowness of our own fears and to open our house to the stranger with the intuition that salvation comes in the form of a tired traveler. Hospitality is the ability to pay attention to the guest, Anyone who wants to pay attention without intention has to be at home in his own house. That is, he has to discover the center of his own life in his own heart. When we're not afraid to enter into our own center and to concentrate on the stirrings of our own soul, we come to know that being alive means being loved. This experience tells us that we can only love because we have been born out of love, that we can only give because our life is a gift, and we can only make others free because we are free by Him whose heart is greater than ours. The announcement of the wounded healer is this. The Master is coming, not tomorrow, but today not next year, but this year, not after all of our misery is past, but in the middle of it, not in another place, but right here where we are standing. Chelsea was our wounded healer. She was able to love out of her deep well of being loved by God and being loved by you. And she continues to love you and encourage us even now, because she is among that great cloud of witnesses. Let her legacy spur you on. And that's what I read. Babies, I think that's as much as I can share with you about her right now. That hurts a little too much for me to go any deeper. But um, she was important to me. And I want her legacy to be important to you too. May you be men who learn from heartbreak. May you care for the hearts of those around you. And protect the hearts of those who love you. And may you be people who bring joy and encouragement to everyone around you. May God be in your heart. And may you love him and love your neighbor as yourself. And when I can't protect you anymore, may you feel the trustworthy, protective love of your Heavenly Father. I love you guys.